CJ Sabog, number 15. The speed of Pico, he's in, score! Hello everyone, I'm KOW News Radio's Greg Orlandini. And I am Mike's video from Philly Soccer Days. And this is the Philly Soccer Show. And this week we have Academy Product and Rookie Defender Austin Trusty on the show. Who has two clean sheets to his name this season. Absolutely. Off to a great start for the uh, for the rookie. And we talk a little uh, U.S. national team. So let's get started with Austin. The first two games of your... Uh, Union career, first two uh, starts of Union career, both at home, get two shutouts, Must good feeling for a defender. Can you talk about uh, a little bit what's been going on uh, in these two games? Um, just kind of playing my role and doing my job with the team. Uh, me and Jacko uh, holding it down on the back. Um, but it's nice to have, to have uh, home fans around us in the first two games, just kind of get settled in with everything in the new year and the new uh season, but most of all, it's just kind of holding down our positions and holding down our uh, defensive line and being able to go straight. Can you tell us a little bit about your, your work in the off season? I think it's it's pretty obvious to all of us that you've uh, you bulked up a little bit. You've uh, gotten a little bit bigger. What was the what was your work rate like in the off season? Uh, it's pretty much every single day in the off season. It wasn't really, it's not really on the off season in my, in my mind. Um, but it's, ever since probably took a week off after the season ended last year but ever since that I was in the gym with uh, Fontana was there too most of the time uh, but mainly just me and him um, working out and having a whole time workout plan and fitness plan getting ready in shape uh, for preseason the next year and just getting mentally prepared and physically prepared also uh, but I'm there every single, every single day probably took a couple weeks of actual just like relaxation and kind of Taking time with some friends uh, who play in other cities, but most of all, I was in the gym and every single day with my trainers and kind of working hard. And that was that was the goal, getting bigger, and that's the results we want to see and continue to uh, see. Uh, one thing, especially in the crew game, that, that I noticed, and I asked Coach Curtin about it in the press conference, is uh, uh, not only your ability, but your willingness to carry the ball, to carry the ball out of the defensive zone, even cross the half line to and not only carry it, but look to do something positive with it. Uh, he said that's something yeah, they want to, you know, they hope to see a little more uh, of, and it seems to be something that's a really big part of your game. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's the whole entire kind of focus point of how our defense wants to go about. Uh, but me and Jack are carrying the ball and kind of starting the offensive side. If uh, if we win the ball, and we can, we can start with us. And as long as we can quick um connect the passes and kind of start the offense offensive uh, rhythm that's the whole entire mindset and we we try every single day and we focus on everything day to continue to do it obviously with you being a rookie this year and jack being a rookie last year how much have you been able to to lean on him for a little bit of advice after, uh during the first two games um more so, kind of. Obviously, I think it's experience too, but it's also I, I've been in these kind of positions. I've been in these kind of, um, kind of just teams. I'm not teams, but like just positions 
uh, from the national team and everything like that. So experience-wise, it's good. But also because he, he's had experience in MLS, and I, I haven't. But I also took advantage of Gooch and um, all the center backs last year and then everybody who's on the team last year to help me for this year and get, get knowledge and be prepared for this year. But also, I do, I do lean on Jack Hill because he didn't want experience for last year too. And you, you talked a little bit of there about passing and you know you and Jack being the guys that kind of help kickstart the offense and carrying the ball. What's it like uh, having those two midfielders that you have in front of you for most of the game and, and Harris and Ali Bedoya, two guys that are both really good on the ball and good passes and that? What's it like kind of making that first pass, connecting with those guys? It's good because if once I connect, can connect with that first pass, I know that they're – they have the ability to connect the next pass and so forth, and they have the ability to take on take my pass with a good touch and then continue on with a good passing and start the offense. You can start with me, but they do lead the offense as well. I think one of the other midfielders I'd like to ask you about, just because we have such a small sample size, and, and it's Borek Terskel, who's been with the team for a couple of weeks now. Um, you obviously have seen him play a lot more in training. Um, we only have about 80 minutes worth of, worth of tape so far. So what, what can you tell us about him uh, and what's coming from him? Uh, he's a great player, and he's, he's very experienced. Uh, he brings a lot to, the, lot, lot to the team from just working hard and coming back and playing defense. But also flipping balls through behind the defense and behind the left back and the, the center back and the right back and the other center back. But he's good with the speed and good with the ball, and I trust I'm trusting him from uh, receiving and kind of creating an offensive attack for us. What's been, you know, just, it's only been two games, but you've gone through preseason and all that, and uh, so what's been the biggest surprise since you've, you know, come into the MLS so far and start and with these two starts? What's the biggest surprise that you've run into so far? Uh, surprise. Um... I'm really not. I'm really not sure. <laughs> I don't really put too much thought into that. Uh, I kind of. I don't really think about that stuff much. I just kind of just go out there and like play my game. I kind of try to expect everything and try to do everything beforehand. Kind of uh, by watching film, watching a lot of film, and studying the people who I'm playing. Um, but I can't really like pinpoint a surprise right now. Uh, about a week or two ago, we had uh, Anthony Fontana on the show and talked about, you know, his first start and his first experience and his goal. And I mentioned, you know, when he scored, the first guy that came up to congratulate yeah, him was, was you. And I just asked him, you know, what's it like two Academy guys kind of moving up the ladder together uh, and, and having that experience. So on your end, what's it like having a guy like, like Anthony around a guy you went through the Academy with, and now you're both playing, you yeah. both got, you know, you got two stars, but he's, but he's, you know, definitely making an impact as well. Yeah, well, it's good. It's good that he is able to finish that goal and you know, everything about it because that's, that's a dream of, of me and him and seeing Academy. I really want to see and all the Academy players who look up to us and see that. that it's a, I think that's crazy dream for them, and they want to do that too. Um, that's why I was the first person going to him because I was, I, was, I was hyped as him or he's a hyper. Like that's, <laughs> that's my buddy, and that's my, that's my buddy since the Academy. So even for him to score that goal, that's, that's amazing. I was, I was spring. I was tired after the last spring to make sure I was the first one there. And celebrate. I don't know what the celebrations were, but uh, I was trying to match them. But, <laughs> um, what, was the, what was the second part of the question? No, that was pretty much it. Yeah, the, you, you pretty much got yeah. it. Yeah, okay. As you know, you're talking about your experience with, with, with Anthony a little bit, and you can 
clear, clearly see the, the, the Union Academy system is starting to pay off in terms of the, the front team. And I think that it's becoming a little bit more obvious around the league uh, which other, other teams are being able to, to draw from their academy. As a young player in MLS, is, is it exciting to see these, these academies finally like starting to, to bloom a little bit? Yeah, absolutely, because it's just it's kind of improving the system in a, in a way. Because um, it's just the whole time mindset of the of the academy and the just the organization that have bringing us up and when it all started, uh, it's, it's it's honestly truly amazing, and it just makes me wanted to just make it work and make it possible, make them want to continue to do that in the future and have other kids follow dreams and basically have their dreams come true as well. Um, but it's good seeing other other uh, clubs around the country doing the same thing in the world because seeing my other teammates from the national teams and however I know them, it's just they're all involved with the same kind of thing as me. And it's good because there's been opportunities too. So you have big big road trip coming up uh, to Colorado. You know, there's a lot of challenges playing there. They, they're usually a pretty tough, bunkering, defensive team. So it's probably going to be a physical battle. You're playing at altitude. Uh, so what's kind of going through your mind as you're getting ready for the for the first big road trip of the year for the team? Um, it's just the mindset is just going there, do my job, and play the game, uh, and just getting getting the win and show, having good uh, t- turnout from the team. Um, but like I said, the team wise is mentally just getting prepared and getting prepared physically just to face that altitude or whatever we can do to face out altitude and. Help kind of turn into our advantage, even though they've been playing with that. But help any kind of way for us to get prepared for it. But mainly, it's just getting prepared mentally for a battle and getting prepared physically too. I've got one more question for you before we wrap up, and it's uh, it's not soccer related, so you can you can take that hat off for a second. Uh, we know you're a basketball guy. Uh, NBA hey, NBA playoffs coming up, uh, NCAA tournament. Absolutely. What, what are you What are you watching? Absolutely. What's What's going on? What are you rooting for? Well, first of all, I'm rooting for Villanova, uh, of course. Um, Your coach will be happy to hear that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, shoot. Yeah, you're right. Uh, <laughs> when they won last time, when they won last time, I, I, I drove right there. I was, I was actually watching the game in the stadium. Nice, nice. But um, uh, definitely rooting for Villanova and the Sixers. I'm definitely rooting for it. They're, nice. They're in the playoff spot, so we just got we to kind of see how it is and they got to continue to be in the playoffs, but I'm just, I'm hyped. I'm, I'll be watching them. Yeah. So, exciting time to be a Philadelphia sports fan, isn't it? Huh? Exciting okay. time to be a Philly sports fan yeah, right now. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Austin, uh, you know, I want to thank you very much for uh, popping in with us. Good luck. Good luck uh, going up against Colorado and good luck with the rest of the year. Thanks, Austin. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. Uh, Philadelphia Union offender rookie. It's weird to call him a rookie. I, I'm just because he, he's been with the team in one way or the other for so long, coming through the academy. But they, technically, he's an MLS rookie. Uh, Austin Trusty, who's uh, for my money, especially in the crew game, has been kind of the standout player for uh, for the, for your Philadelphia Union. Yeah, you know, I think that there's there's a, a good uh, pairing brewing with him and mm-hmm. Jack Elliott. You know, I, I think. Jack has gotten some of the accolades with the, the MLS Team of the Week twice. Yeah, um, but I, I agree with you. I thought Austin has been has been really good in both of those games, and, and particularly against Columbus. I, yeah, I, th- I think you know you look back at the New England game, and that's that's probably he probably wouldn't say this, but it's 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 a little bit of a nice welcome to the league when when you're playing up a man for 80 minutes and then up two men for a, an additional 10 minutes. Yeah. It takes a little pressure off the back line. 
Uh, for sure, and you know Columbus was a better team. I think more of a challenge, and you know, he had he had you know Jesse Zardes to deal with all game, and yeah. uh, you know I, I thought played very well. I thought he was probably one or two you know the best player on the on the field for the Union, and uh, yeah, we we talked. I mean, we talked about it in in the in the press box when we asked him about it. He's just physically made such a, a leap. Yeah, just mature. You know, physically matured so much and. In a year, he went from kind of a reedy teenage kid to just like a solid-looking athlete. Yeah, no, I think it's it's been pretty obvious, and I think I think it's been a, I think there's a, a maturation that's been pretty obvious with him all around. I think if if you go back and you want to dig through some of our archives and listen <laughs> to the first time we had Austin yeah. on the show, you know he was he was an excited seventeen-year-old. Yeah. And and it comes across that way, but I think talking to him just now, it's just it's uh, it's a different level. I think I think he's definitely uh, maturing. Yeah, and you know, and I'll, I'll admit, I, I've was and two games in, so it's not a big you know big sample size. But I was kind of banging on that that they needed a, a veteran at CB. Yeah. You know, you you have you have all these young guys back there, but and. and I mean, this is philosophically, this is coming from the coach, and he said it more than once, you know, center backs learn from playing. Yeah. That's where you get experience. You're not going to learn too much getting kind of mentored on the bench. So they want to, they're rolling the dice of throwing the young kids out there. And so far, you know, Jack, who, uh, Jackson, who's in his second year, and Austin, uh, who's who looks like he belongs. Yeah. No, I think I think it's been really strong. You know, I think you, you look at two clean sheets in two games. Yeah. I think I think they'll they'll take that all the all time. I, absolutely, yeah. I mean, the, the clean sheets for for young defense uh, are really important. Yeah, and, and again, especially against Columbus, it was a really good good team, and they came in pretty well organized. And uh, yeah, you know, it was it was a kind of a bunker, a little bit of a bunker battle that game. Yeah, it was it was an interesting match. You know, I don't I don't think uh, a lot of people are going to want to run back and, and rewatch a a zero zero game that I yeah. think had about seven total shots. <laughs> But uh, it was, it, you know, it was a little bit interesting to to watch each each team feel each other out tactically. You got to see some of how the the Union high press worked in the the first yeah. half, and I thought that was pretty effective. Um, you got to see some some really interesting uh, takes out of the Union having possession from deep and and seeing Harris drop back for the ball sometimes, and seeing seeing Austin dribble down the left yeah. wing once or twice, which was interesting. Right? Yeah, he, you know, and, and there's something like I said, I asked Jim about it, and. That's something they want him to do. I mean, that's kind of kind of a planned thing. Uh, it wasn't just Austin kind of taking what Columbus was giving him. It's like, yeah, get the ball at your feet and and move with it. We're we're going to push him. And they played a pretty both teams. They both played pretty high defensive lines. I mean, there wasn't too much room in that midfield for the team. They were really kind of buttoned up against each other. Yeah, no, it was it was interesting to to watch it play out, and you know, I think uh, I think Austin has done pretty well with the ball at his feet. I think Jack Elliott has done a really good job with the ball at mm-hmm. his feet. Um, I think Keegan Rosenberry has looked more like twenty sixteen than yes. twenty seventeen. Yeah, Keegan Rosenberry, sure. especially with the ball at his feet, where uh, you know, I think that, that was a huge problem for the Union last last year was trying to pass out of the back, just uh, just finding people and, and, and making them the right passes. They're much better at it this year. Yeah, I you think can so. see, and Keegan. You, you you see his decision making is kind of back where it was. That was that was a big. It was even so much him having the ball. It was it was just kind of the mental process with the ball. For, I guess for lack of a better term, you could just you could just see there was like a lot of hesitation last year when he had the ball. wasn't really confident in the passes he but was I, picking. That's out. the key word. Is you know I, it's yeah. it's always difficult to play the game of soccer if you're not feeling confident. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And you you could really tell. I mean, you really he, he went through some. 
issues with his confidence last year. And I think I I think I don't think we'll ever really know what happened last no. year uh, with Keegan. And we, we had Jim on talking about it, and Keegan's kind of. I don't said I don't know if he said too much about last year, but he seems like he's trying to move on. So I don't think kind of the behind the scenes ins and outs. I don't think we'll ever really know what happened, but it looks like everybody's kind of putting it behind them. Yeah, it so, seems so. It seems that way so far. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was it was it was a weird game. I, I really and I, you know I was doing the live tweeting. I said at one point I go this, this game really needs a goal. I mean the Union have a lot of possession. They're getting the ball forward. It, it was just not really happening in the final third. No, for for either team, you know, I think Columbus probably ended up with two of the better chances of the oh, game through, through Zardis. Zardis yeah. probably a little bit disappointed himself to yeah. uh, challenge Andre Blake a little bit more. Zardis did a much better job, I thought, getting behind the defense and then uh, than anybody on the Union did. Yeah, you know, I didn't. You know, I can't think of uh, too many opportunities that the Union even had mm-hmm. to shoot in that game. I think of the the one that. Alabadoya had in the first half where he couldn't get yeah. couldn't get a clear shot out, and he had uh, a really close header. Oh, the thought, header in the, the second that, half that, was probably the best chance yeah. of the game. That was, um, yeah, that was that, a nice flick on header at the near post. Um, you know, I think, and the, the other good chance I think of is Dushkel. Um, mm-hmm. CJ Sapong laid off a really nice ball for him in the first half, and he just skied it into the yeah. into the land end. <laughs> so yeah, what, uh, so first impressions of uh, Bert Dushkel? Um, you know, I think. I think he's got another level in him. Mm-hmm. Um, he said that as much. I thought he was really frank in his post game yeah. press conference, um, saying that I think that there's there's a little bit more time needed to to develop the chemistry, and you could see that on the field too. I thought, especially there was a, a couple of moments with Fabian Herbers in the second half where they just weren't on the same page. He tried mm-hmm. to play a ball into space, and Herbers held kind of held the line. And that, I mean, I'm not too worried about that stuff, though. I think. Yeah. I think it another comes, two but, weeks with the team, yeah. and I, you know, I think another couple of games at MLS speed. It's always difficult for these guys coming I, I, over I, and getting into MLS speed. I think they they were so that game, and I think it's going to change just because uh, you know, just kind of looking at the tape, they'll they'll probably figure something out. But they were so biased to the right side, with especially in the first half, because you had you know you had Ali and 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 Bora kind of both. I was running to the same spot a lot of a lot of times, or they were only within you know a couple feet of each other in a lot of instances. And you have two guys that like to kind of drift. It looks like from what we read about Borg, you know, you have the one game on them, and what we've seen of Alley, you know, they both kind of like to to, to edge to the to the right side, and that's something they're going to figure out. I mean, you know, one goes center, one you know one stays. Still right, vice versa. I mean, that's that's just time. That's reps. It's game time. For you sure. Know? And, you know, and I think that they're they're all of the players involved here too. If it's you know it's been Fabian Herber so far, but it's probably going to be Fafa Pako when he comes back, mm-hmm. and and CJ Sapong is included in this, and even David Akong on the left wing. There's there's going to be a way to to get all of these guys working together and and some rotations and some movements. That, yeah. that that's just it's all going to become more familiar. I, I think you saw kind of the makings. You're starting to see the makings of it because you, you've seen CJ. Couple times he would knock balls down for like Boric or 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 Akam. Uh, you know, Akam he he kind of had a tough game, but I think he he didn't have a lot of help because no, I think I think Columbus was very aware of what yeah, David Kahn about was kinda, about. Yeah, and he kind of ended up on an island because you know, like we said, like there was 
Union were edging so far to the right with with Ali and Boric that he kind of ended up on an island a little bit. And, and, I th- and I think Jim said this too in the, the press conference too that they were a little bit surprised by how much the Columbus fullback stayed home, yeah. especially in the first half. You know, you, you think of a guy like Harrison Awful, who's who's one of the more attacking right backs right. in the league, and is, is actually a lot of fun to watch most weeks when when he's not playing Philadelphia. <laughs> um, but he stayed home more than I think that. The union thought he was going to, and and probably much more than David Kahn yeah, ever wanted yeah. him to. Um, so I, I, that's gonna. The thing for me that's going to be interesting is teams are going to start to figure out if you can shut down David Akam and CJ Sapong that the union don't have a lot more going and they have to get a lot more going. You know, I, th- I think they they needed more out of Fabian Herbers against mm-hmm. Columbus, and I, I didn't think Fabian had a very good game. No, he started the second half. I think a little. I don't know if Jim kind of gave him the riot act, like you got to kind of get your head into the game. But he, yeah, he's and, and when that happens, they're gonna you know key in on a com or he, he doesn't have that pressure. You know, somebody kind of take a little pressure off of him on the other side. And you know, Fabian and as good he, as, as good as he was against New England, I think he was kind of that weak against the against yeah, crew. You know, I, and I think we talked about it with with. With Keegan Rosenberry a few minutes ago, and it's it's I think it's a little bit of a confidence thing for Fabian. You know, mm-hmm. I think he missed a lot of last yeah. year with injury, and it's it's a really frustrating thing, especially as a young player. You know, I think he really rounded into a, a some good form at the end of the 2016 season and wanted to continue that last year, and it just didn't play out that way. Um, so, you know, I think it's it's hopefully it's a t- it's a time thing where that that confidence comes back with some game reps, with uh, with some good practices, yeah. with, with the coaches telling him the right thing. Yeah, hopefully. Um, yeah, and, they, and yeah, they got another week to cool their heels in this strange MLS oh, schedule. Crap starts the season yeah, in terms of the schedule, man. It's so weird. And I think the last week's bye, which was you know, a quirk with uh, Seattle being in the Champions League, I think they kind of welcomed it because they got Doug Shell in and yeah. they want to get him you know, a full week of reps. And so you welcome that, but <laughs> now you got another bye and you're like, Okay, can we? <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's the insanity MLS season now. They're going to have like a stretch in June, probably, where they play three games in seven days, and yep. it's like, well, can we kind of spread it out a little bit more? It's <laughs> not how MLS rolls. It's no, not how it's, MLS has rolled it, for twenty years. Yeah, man. seriously, it's really, it really isn't. What do you think the the tactic of dropping Harris as deep as they are for it to kind of gather the ball? I, don't, I mean, I don't mind it. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's that's what Harris does. I think yeah. he, he is a really good uh, passer from that distance and and easily the best passer on the team that we know. We haven't seen too much Doscal yet, but mm-hmm. uh, that that can play balls from from that deep. Um, I, I think there's there's probably still some some quirks for for Harris, Alley, and and. Those cal to work out yeah. in that realm, you know. I think that they have to figure out a, a little bit better of who's checking to the ball. I think yeah. Bedoya was pretty far away from uh, Madunian when he when he came back a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you caught uh, Kevin Kincaid's piece. Uh, he did some good heat map yeah. stuff. Um, yeah, it's seen Ali the first two games. He's been playing playing pretty high. Yeah, I think higher than you saw him last for, yeah. for last season. Yeah. Um, still very much out on the right. Yeah, again. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting, and you know we're talking about these three guys, Harris and Dutch Gale and and, and Bedoya. They're all vets. They're all pros. I mean, this is not this is something. 
the three of them can figure out, yeah. you know, who goes where and when and why. And I mean, so y- y- you got to think you have confidence in the three of them kind of staking, staking out their territory and making it work. Yeah, I, I think so. And, you know, to go back to Harris dropping deep, I, I think that's fine most of the time. But mm-hmm. you would like to see him push up a little bit more sometimes. I, th- I think he had a chance to, to push up two or three times against Columbus and didn't take that chance. And there were some balls that popped out that might have been mm-hmm. – he might have been there for well, – yeah, again, going back to just what we talked about uh, with with Austin, if he's a guy that can carry the ball, then that can push your midfield higher. Yeah, like if him or Jack want to carry the ball for, or if you want to work it out to the right with with Keegan, with one of those three guys, kind of carry the ball forward. You don't want Fabinho to carry it forward, and <laughs> no, no, it looks like he's not going to for a while. Yeah. Um. But but you know, he, you can do maybe a couple different tactical looks. With with your mobile guys at defense, where you can push Harris higher, and he can kind of link into the into the attack a little more. But yeah, um, Fabinho's out for a bit. You know, the the surgery word was kicked around. I know in the press conference it was a torn meniscus. I want to yeah. say um, he did come out in the in the for, uh, uh, you know at halftime in the crew game. Uh, we were kind of speculating early on, but they you know they definitely said it was an injury. Um, and now you know Jim confirmed it. Uh, you know, do they? Uh, do we see the deb- another debut? I think I think it's possible. Um, you know, I th- Ray Gattis. I think what we've said about Ray Gattis over the last couple of years, he's a known quantity. You know what you get out of Ray Gattis. Yeah. Uh, you and you got it out of him for forty five minutes against Columbus. It's uh, pretty good one on one defending. It's not a lot of attack. Um, I think his attacking prowess is even diminished more when he's on the left side mm-hmm. because he's a right footed player. Yeah. Um, I think if if you have a chance to bring in Matt Real and uh, you're at home probably uh, in a game where you're going to have a little bit more of the ball, yeah, I think I think you will see it. Yeah, I think you'll probably I, – I think he hits the 18 against Colorado, but he probably yep. – uh, I think I think you play a little conservative on road. You want to start Ray, that's fine. I, I, I it don't, makes sense. Yeah, I, mean, I don't love it, but fine. I, I understand it. But, you know, game after that with Fabinho still out, I think – I think they wanted Matt Real to be the guy, and they really want him to be the guy. So, kind of do it like we're doing with Trusty. Let him be the guy and see where see where it goes. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting. I think it'll probably be a, a game by game basis for a little yeah. while. Uh, I, I do think you'll probably see Ray Gattis more on the road than you you would yeah. at home. Um, but I, I think it'll be a matchup kind of kind of situation. For sure. Yeah, and, and, and I, it's, it's going to be interesting. I'm I'm excited to see him in MLS action. I, I am. You know, he's 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 probably. You know, you're one of your more hyped guys coming out of academy right now after Fontana and Austin. I mean, I think he's, uh, I mean, Kenzie's in there. I don't know as much about him, but he's, you know, he's definitely in the conversation. But I think, you know, I think Real, you know, we've talked about the left back position forever and, <laughs> and it's a tough spot in MLS to fill. And if you could kind of make one like they're doing out yeah. of the academy, that's, that's huge. Yeah. Um, I know we talked we talked about Jack and Austin a little bit. Yeah. Um, the rest of the center back situation seems less clear. Uh, you've had Richie Marquez on the bench for the first two games of the season. Right. We haven't seen any Josh Yarrow, and Josh, I didn't think acquitted himself particularly well in the preseason. So it's, I think it's it's going to be an interesting year for Josh Yarrow. Um, he might be the odd man out. Yeah. Um, again, it's early. You know, things happen down the road. Did I read that Richie Marquez 
picked up an injury? He, yeah, he's picked up an injury. Sounds like it's a, a sports hernia, which which takes it a little while yeah. to heal, at least a month. Um, so I mean that might push might push him into the eighteen. At yeah, least. push him in the eighteen unless they make you know they want to make a signing a guy that's kind of out there to to fill out the numbers, bring somebody up from uh, Bethlehem to to kind of make the numbers work. <sighs> I was just having a, a conversation about Yarrow today online, and um, I don't know. He, he you, know, you worry about him staying on the field. He, he seems like an injury-prone guy. It's tough to put a label like that on a player, but you know he's missed a ton of time. Came back really poorly last year, coming off injury, and it's. I mean, it's it was in a tough spot. I mean, the team wasn't very good. He'd missed you know most of training camp. He'd missed. Yeah, he missed most of the pre. He, he just missed so much time, and kind of to plug him in, and you just saw his decision. You know, go, go back to that confidence and decision making. You know, really important things, and he didn't. Both were kind of on the poor side for him, and and you've said it as much more than anybody. The guy, he's a he's kind of a tweener. I mean, he's, he's, still, he's uh, he still reads as a six. For yeah, me. <laughs> I mean, he's not. He's. Probably not big enough to be a center back in MLS. I don't think so. Um, he's got good feet, so you, you could kind of see him in the midfield. You hope he's, you know, he's tactical enough to, to work out of the sixth spot. I mean, you need, you know, it's not just a destroyer position anymore. It's, you need a guy that can distribute and move the ball. You know, you'd think he has some technical ability in that regard, but I, I don't know if he's a center back. And, and I'll say this: I think they drafted him. They had trustee in the system. Didn't know if he was going to college or not. So okay, we got this pick. Yarrow's projecting high. Let's, let's take him. Trustee decides to stay in the academy and make a run for for, for going pro through the academy. It go, goes really well. All of a sudden, Yarrow, you know, is looking a little surplus because Trusty's probably the guy they pegged when he was fifteen years old. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think you're right. I yeah. think, I, it's going to be interesting, you know. I think it's going to be an interesting year for Josh Jarrow, and I think uh, he's got some work to do. Yeah, uh, yeah, he does. He, he really. It, it's a shame because I, I, I like the kid. He's he's. I think he has ability. And I think he has potential. And you know, the the two positions we're talking about where he could play, they're pretty log jammed at. And, you know, even at the six, you have Jones still, you know, and Fontana's a guy that could play deeper in the midfield. Yeah. Um, I think Jim has talked about yeah. Fontana playing as what do, you, what do you think of this in three years, your midfield, to your, your, your six and your eight are Jones and Fontana? Is that, you know, you figure, you know, Harris, we love Harris. He's the other side of 30, maybe gone after this year. He may have another year with the team. I'm not sure. Bedoya, another guy that's on the other side of 30, you know, he might you know, have a different role with the team. You don't know. You have these two guys. Jim has said Fontana's natural position is probably at the eight, kind of playing deep with, with a lot of field in front of him, making late runs. And Jones is a, you know, tried and true six, you know, in, in that role. That could be your, you know, part of your midfield coming up. Yeah, I think that's that's an exciting proposition to think about. Yeah. Um, you know, we've we've heard for years that the, the Philadelphia Union – Wants to to bring players out of their academy and, and have them be involved in the first team, and I I think I think we're finally starting to see it. We are seeing, and it. if we see Real making the eighteen consistently and you know getting situational starts, 
it's starting to happen. You yeah. know, it's starting to happen. So, uh, all right, uh, no previews. Another week off. Yeah, another week off. Uh, yeah. International soccer. We got, you know the, the, the prime is Very, off. Yeah, really young USA squad. Uh, good. You know. Yeah. I agree. I was listening to, this was about a month ago, and this just stuck with me because it's such a, I'm not going to name the host, but I was listening on satellite radio, one of the channels. You could maybe, you know who the guys are on those on that channel. You could figure out who maybe I was listening to. Um, so I don't love throwing guys under the bus. If, if I was really mad, I would, but I'm not super mad. Um, but talking about the U.S. camp and the young players, and the mentality, well, you got to bring in, you got to bring Tim Howard in, and you got to bring this guy in because they, they've been in the wars. They've been in the CONCAF. They know what it's like to go to El Salvador when the lights are on, blah, 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 blah. No, man. We, we got to, we're in a spot, the U.S. is in a spot where they just got to make a clean break with yeah. a lot of things. And that includes players. Yeah, I, I agree. They just, there's a whole group of people they just got to move on from. Yeah. And this mentality, of well, we got to bring a veteran in to do X. Is tired. Yeah, I, and there's other opportunities for that too. These, yeah. these games don't mean anything. No, you're you're not prepping for World Cup. You're not in the World Cup. You're you're experimenting to see who's out there. Um, you're making sure guys are committed to their country because you have some of these young guys that are potentially eligible for a couple of other. National clubs. Yeah, I mean, you you don't want to have a, a, the guy's name who's escaping me, but the uh, uh, Jesse Gonzalez. Yeah, you you don't you want to have a, a you know the, the situation no, where a guy we don't run, <laughs> you know where, where a guy you had throughout his youth runs off to Mexico or to you know another another country. Uh, yeah. you, the, I mean, you know, uh, was that the end of the world? No, this is embarrassing, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> you know, especially how it all went down. Um. Yeah, you you gotta, you know, you have these guys in your camp that may have th- these nationality situations with Mexico or with you know other Central South American team uh, countries. You gotta show you're behind them. You gotta show your best opportunities lay with the U.S. national team. We're gonna build something new here. Uh, and in saying all of that, do we have any idea who the coach is gonna be? It's a you're not going to have any idea who the coach is going to be until after the World Cup. It's not going to happen yeah. until after that. Because um, you, you want to see you, who's you're going to see who's going to be available. Yeah. Gonna, um, My worry is, and I think this goes with players too. And you never want to get buy somebody after the World Cup because their value, right? Yeah, twenty percent of their value. You worry about that maybe a little bit with coaches, but yeah. but so many people are locked into prepping for World Cup, and you know. <sighs> Do you think they go American or they go international? I don't know. I yeah. um, I think it could go either way. Um, I don't. I don't even think I have a guess. I right don't. Now. Do you have a preference? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I don't know. I I, I See, think, I, I, I think I, there, I, there are qualified people either way. Yeah. I don't either. I mean, I, I, I want I, I want a good soccer coach more than I care about where they come from. Right, and I don't think you can damn foreign coaches because of what happened with Clemson. Clemson, no, of course not. You can't do that, and I think that would be short sightedness on, yeah. on U.S. soccer's part. Um, I mean, who, and on the other side of it, you can't denigrate domestic coaches. I mean, I think you're right. I think you have to evaluate. 
who's out there, who's available, regardless. Yeah. I mean, you know, Bora was one of the most successful U.S. national team coaches, and he was, you know, foreign guy. But the guys ran through walls for him. They loved him. He was really popular. Yeah, I mean, and I don't, I don't think it matters on so, on some level. Mm. I think I think having a you know having a good coach, having a guy that you would run through walls for. Yeah. You know, I think most of these guys have grown up playing the game, playing it with from people all over the world. Yeah. Learning it from people from all over the world, and you'll learn it from from people that are good at teaching it. That's, or, or that's, that, where that's, they're from is not important. That's an interesting point. I think you might be right that the younger this generation coming up might be more worldly or more sophisticated in their soccer knowledge because of a variety of reasons. You yeah. know, you could get it's easier to see all of it. It's easier get, to watch video content. I watch so much soccer. It's, it's amazing. You could watch <laughs> every league just about in the world yes, now. I know. Easily. My weekends and, are great. Right, right. I mean, My fiance doesn't like it as much. <laughs> right. Well, uh, <laughs> you could watch, you know, and, and you can understand, you know, you have a, this, this, this understanding of a game that maybe the, 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 uh, you know, the Donovan generation, the Clint Dempsey generation, not to put them down at all. I mean, those those are great players. That You know, those guys are great. But there's just more soccer knowledge at everybody's fingertips now than there was 20 years ago. Sure, for sure. And, and so, yeah, it's a, I mean, it's an interesting point that for the player now, it might not be that, be that big of a deal if it's an American coach or an international coach. Yeah. Coach is a coach is a coach. Yeah, and if his system works and you believe in it, you buy into it, then good. Then, um, yeah, it, it, it's. Yeah, I just want somebody in here that's competent. They could do it, and if they could do it in an attractive fashion, where they can mold the U.S. into a really good attacking side, that's a bonus. For but sure. but if they just make them successful, I'm pre- I'm pretty happy. That, I agree a hundred percent. If we can if we can go to TNT and win. I'm happy. Yeah, if I we mean, can do it and win four 0 I'm happier. I mean, that, that's. Yeah, I mean, isn't that just the most frustrating thing in the world? I keep going back to that. That we're, we're, we have some of the highest participation participation rates in the world in this sport. A nation of 32 million people dumping millions and millions and millions, billions of dollars into the sport. You can't find 18 guys to get a result in TNT. Yeah, it's it's just frustrating, and and. You know, I didn't root for it to happen. Maybe cosmically it needed to happen just to break some, you know, break some bad, break a bad cycle that's going on with the sport that they had to reevaluate. And you could go one way or the other, whether you like the presidential elections or not. But there's a different person in there now for the first time in a very long time. And some different people are getting involved with the sport uh, on that level. So... Some things, you know, it just, I'm not happy it happened, but, and like I said, in the, you know, philosophical cosmic level, it kind of needed to, I guess. Yeah. I think that's a good way to say it. Yeah. So I think we'll wrap it up on that. Unless you have anything to add, Mr. Cervetio over there. No. Okay. Uh, again, the union are off for the week, but we won't be. We'll be back next week with a guest, guest to be determined. And, uh, uh, yeah, so just, uh, Look out for that. I want to thank everybody. And just, you know, I go, got to make my uh, one of my bosses, Mr. Uh, Tom Ricker, who is the god of podcasting here at KYW News Radio. I just want to 
make you guys all made him happy because you did all those uh reviews on the on itunes yeah, and all that thank, thank you for not cursing at us yeah, too. We, we, for, we always appreciate so we that really, and, and, and but if all, you have to we understand yeah I'm totally but all honestly it, it helps the podcast yes, it kind of raises does. the profile and all of that so uh really appreciate it thank you for uh taking a few seconds to hit you know hit the star or write something nice and we we do read it we do appreciate it so uh thank you very much and we'll catch you all next week